All right, so who <clears throat> shaved the pussy? <laughs> you know that joke's been going she, through this house already, we, like, tons we, of times. The pussy and, pulls and her own she, hair out. And we have our pre-music intro. Thank you, Kat, for that sound bite. <laughs> 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 it's the, the cat's right there. It's on the leather of the jacket. It's got this big blank spot on it. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know. No, just explain away. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Did that sound convincing? That sounds funny. Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, California. As I was getting the stink eye, and rightly so. <laughs> oh, you're going to get more than that in a second. Oh, hey, I say. Hey, everyone, this is Liza, and I am taking care of business every day. <laughs> Grand Funk Railroad, is son. Grand Funk Railroad? Except when I was a kid, I say taking care of biscuits. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> no, that was... Is biscuits that, a cat? That, I thought no. that was Grand Funk No, no I think sure? that was... Um... Well, somebody in the room can confirm it. Somebody with a phone in their hand. Oh, it's the... Uh, I know sure. I know who it is. It's... The, oh, loving fuck. Spoonful. Is it... Are you? No. It's a Loving Spoonful. I thought it was Grand Funk Railroad. No, it's not Grand Funk Railroad. It, uh... Okay, moving right, along. Moving yeah. right along. On the board tonight, it's Bagel. Taking care of business every way. There you go. <laughs> every way. <laughs> uh, classing up the classy girl couch, it's Miss Emma. And every day, in every way, I get better and better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, darling. Oh, that was Emma. the Vindaloo again, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. we're, we're there now. I just had a lamb, lamb windy poo. No, this is what we reduce to. And there's a story behind the fart noises. Oh, sorry. sorry Somebody darling. open up a door? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's not a smell of egg. <laughs> also, on the classy girl couch tonight... Coming back for another visit. Yeah. It's Cat McLeod. Hello, hey, happy Yule, everyone. This is the uh, the shortest day of the year uh, when, for my people, uh, Odin takes to the skies on his eight legged horse Slepanir and defends the realm of man because it's when the the divides between the worlds is the weakest. And so you put out the Scandinavian children will put out like the their shoes and and with uh, hay and treats in, in the hopes that uh, Odin's horse will now, stop by. This is cool. Did, I want to know more about wait, Norse did, mythology. Did you play? Dungeons and Dragons as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. <laughs> no, this is—it's more of a Norse thing than anything. No, I'm—I'm I'm funny. Now, are you Nordic people responsible for Krampus? Is that a Nordic thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Krampus is awesome. Yeah. No, Krampus is the best. <laughs> Just take some. You'll, you'll kick be your fine. kids and beat them. <laughs> oh my gosh! Over on the train side of the room, it's Henry. I'm just trying to imagine what an eight-legged horse looks like. <laughs> Your mom. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. No. Wow. Sorry. An eight-cylinder horse? Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Knock. Hi. <laughs> knock? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> mm, it's wow. going to be a running gag the whole show, uh, isn't it? So Moist deluxe. That's what I think about that. <laughs> um, so there's there's a story about this. So Which this, you should we're share. We're really talking about how you got a fart box. Huh? This is the Fart Master 2000. Um, so this was given to me as a gift. and uh, By a child? <laughs> no, actually our friend Bettina Nettle. Oh, Bettina. Of the Geostrophy. Yes. Mm. 
uh, who I was just visiting in Denver. I would say that does that is BMW humor. And I came home today uh, on an airplane, and I had to go through a security check. <laughs> and I had just had all my stuff in a backpack, and my backpack got bumped out of line for an inspection. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, do you have any uh, anything sharp or anything in here? I'm like, no, just like clothes. Um and he's digging through and he's digging through and he pulls this out of the bottom of all my dirty laundry and my underwear and it does that as he pulls it out <laughs> and the poor man having seen your underwear is traumatized enough just by the sheer sight of it and it was a very busy day at the airport let's just yeah. say a lot of people standing around and that that came out of my bag oh god uh, I, I laughed <laughs> out loud yeah I'm like, one of those days, huh? He's like, yep. <laughs> the fart master. And then they confiscated my pomade. Ah, uh, what? I know. It was a brand new tub, too. Oh, jeez. Well, Bigger that's than three not right. All that pomegranate goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, I wanted to give an update on the Africa twin. No. DCT. DCT. So... You know, that's what intrigued me about this bike was the DCT. I want to better understand this whole technology and, right. and what it offers. And and really the big question is here, did they get it right? I've ridden automatic bikes before. They never, to me, were able to really dial it in. And uh, there was always a little bit of a lag, you know, in the response. Um, so I played hooky. I hope no one from work is listening on Tuesday. And I went riding. <laughs> And I got to test uh, some more of the modes. And I discovered, so the last time um, I reported that um, when you put it into drive and let it choose the gears, that it tends to go up very quickly through the gears to the most efficient right gear. Mm-hmm. And that, then if you're like going down the street doing like 35, you're in sixth gear. And if you want to like jump on it, it's it's slow to do it. You know, you're rolling on. It's, just like, uh, it's lugging. Mm-hmm. Lugging. Then I discovered sport mode, hmm. thanks to one of our listeners. Um, and I didn't realize if I hit the drive button twice, it goes into sport mode. So sport mode keeps the um, keeps the the gear selection down, so it's ready to go. And it mm. also gives you more engine braking. Hmm. Um, but also what I discovered, if you roll on the throttle, it's going to kind of bog but if you whack the throttle it drops down gears mm-hmm. and and takes off and it happens fast yeah it does fast yep <clears throat> yeah so i discovered i started to discover the beast within this bike okay and just playing with the different modes and trying to figure out which uh, power setting, which engine braking setting. I still haven't utilized traction control. It sounds like Knock did today, though. It uh, <laughs> it told me no, don't do that. <laughs> Stop it. This is not Knock, your bike. did you take out my brand new bike and try and wheelie it? I didn't try nothing. It just did it by itself. But then it's like, no, you shouldn't really do that. Now, and I was like, oh, okay. Was it was it a hard intrusion knock, or was it just like soft and like? It was real, pretty soft. It wasn't like it didn't slam me down. It I was like, my, my, the wheel went up like a foot, maybe like that kind of a thing. What? It's a good, good knock. What? 
Why are you trying to wheel it? I'm not trying to night? wheel it. I was trying to get a good hard acceleration, but I, I guess there was more more uh, than I gave a credit card for. More yeah, so, uh. yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. I was trying to actively like do a wheelie, but I was trying to you know get a good nice hoink. Does the yeah. dash light up and yell at you? Yeah, and it goes da 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 da. No da da da. What like Morse code noises? Sounds more like Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, and um. You found a new button today, didn't you? Uh, the, oh, the the extra gravel button? Yeah, well, no. I mean, in America, <laughs> the it's, the, it's the RG button, whereas in England, it's the gore blimey button. Yes, exactly. I thought you found the button for the bidet or something. All right, so... Okay, this it does one. have all those features. <laughs> so, so far, I am very much enjoying, and, and I do love the array of selections you can have to dial it in and i did get to a point when i was riding up in the hills that i felt like it knew exactly when i wanted to shift and it just did it right like it got to the point where it felt like it was just tied into my brain when my brain started thinking i should shift it just did it so it is possible to get it dialed in like that Mm -hmm. and so that became like a really fun enjoyable ride great um but that was, you know, riding up in the hills. You have all different types of, you know, just going up one, going nice and fast. Um, yeah, so I think it is going to take a while and many rides to really understand and uh, figure out how to use it to its to its best. I think there is a huge learning curve with this. Oh, for sure. And it didn't help. I was really surprised that Honda didn't give you a handbook with it. They tried to. You should have taken it. I thought I had one. Right. It turned oh. out to be a, a writing instruction manual. You know, oh. if I would get in touch with Colin if I were you and get yeah. it. Because it's so, not it's not like a two-page thing. For the for the Africa to, yeah. Twin DCT, it's it's quite a tome. It's like, yeah. and I it's think, something you want to read. I think what you can do is you go to their Honda website and actually download the manual. You just yeah, put it in your bin. And, and, I, have a rep- and I do have a repair manual like does on, that. on order coming Right, too. right, right. Um, and I started buying accessories for it. Farkalosis. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Doctor says you got farkalitis. Well, no. They're sensible accessories, Nock. Sensible. <clears throat> yeah, I got the um, the saddlebag mounts that uh, I can either put the hard... <laughs> Hi, Josie. The hard cases from the KTM onto it, or I can put the soft bags onto it. Right. But, what brand did you get? Uh, SW Motec. Oh, yeah, those guys are pretty nice, huh? Yeah. Very popular um, in Europe. And it gives it a little more protection in, in a drop. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm going to get... Uh, oh, and I ordered a center stand. Oh, nice. cool. Yeah, so that's exactly what you need. tires. Yeah. And that one I got from Honda directly. Oh, so it's a, a cool. Nice. It's, you're not fucking around with some aftermarket bullshit. And no. if you one. can hold off until next week, I have the perfect tool to get the springs on. It's actually oh. a tool to the tighten spring up. spring puller. Well, it's, 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 that's not actually what it is. It's for tightening up the um, exhaust nuts on Norton Commandos. But it's like a big crescent wrench with a tooth on it, and it oh. is perfect for springs hmm. because that's going to be the hardest part of the job is getting the friggin' springs on. Um, because I used to have a spring puller, you yes. know, the T handle with yeah, the hook yeah, yeah. on it. I don't know where it is. Uh, um, it's quite handy on oh, yeah. springs. I've used a uh, wire. Like some kind of twenty plus gauge wire, double it itself over and make Would you a like a, a, a misfits top tip? Uh, 
let's go with yes. Um, <clears throat> if you have a center stand string that is being particularly troublesome and you have access to a vice, put it in a vice, pull the spring towards you, and where the spring opens up, stick a penny, penny. in there. Yeah, no, and true. then hmm. go penny. backwards and forwards. Yeah. And so eventually, <clears throat> in between each coil, you have a penny sticking out of each side. Mm. That is and, a great top tip. And mm. that will generally give you enough just to pop it over the end. And then when you actually put it mm. on the center stand and extend the spring, most of the pennies will fall out. And the now I know why I see so out. many pennies on the road. That's right. <laughs> From me putting center stand springs is that, on. Is that like the opposite of uh, using hose clamps to squeeze in a suspension shock spring yeah something like yeah, that. yeah that's pretty cool and you know i've used pennies to lock up primary gears as well so you mm-hmm. can undo you know pennies have um quite a lot of uses in motorbikes and they only cost a penny i'm actually more interested in with this bike do you think that it's going to take you a little bit more time to adjust the electronics so that the bike and you start behaving as one well i had that moment already okay but there's so many different types of terrain and i haven't even gotten into dirt yet (laughs) where it's my understanding that this is where it will really excel especially for somebody who's not a highly um skilled dirt rider but cat here's a question i have for you because you've been on a lot of racetracks yeah and i was talking to you about do you think that this technology will end up on race bikes um I'd really have to talk to some more people who are a bit more competent because already all the top leader bikes are coming with it's you know clutchless shift so you can downshift or upshift uh, at the track without having to pull in the clutch and that actually starts becoming really handy uh, particularly for certain riding styles where you have to downshift a lot to settle the rear end as you're mm-hmm. coming into a tight turn mm-hmm. um, will this steadily move to the point where we have what we would think of as paddle shifting I don't know um, I think of right hand tracks where we always use GP shift because it's easier to upshift as you're coming out of a turn Mm -hmm. and you're leaned over. Will that ease uh, be used and adapted to paddle shifting on the bike? It it really seems I think racers are going to have to fiddle with it and find out what works for them. Well, and and what I can actually see is every track having a setting, you know, where, you know, you're going to have tuners who will know how this track likes to be their settings you know but if you go down that route and i know i'm kind of playing devil's advocate mm-hmm. a little bit but aren't you really taking away from the racing and more embracing just technology for technology's sake no and i know we had this that no. this argument has been going on for as long as bikes and cars have been raced mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. If you saw a Formula One race from the early 60s, they're on skinny tyres. The cars that are skinnier than the tyres we're riding on motorcycles now. People oh, you put fat tyres on these things and you're going to lose the sliding and all the skills going to go away. So it's, it's a classic argument, but there has to be a... There has to be a balance between the outright skill of the rider and the technology that's available to him. Yeah, that's why they have rules and, like, caps on certain uh, things. But here's where well, I kind of disagree. But that's constantly changing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's season to season. You know, you have, they have spec tires now in MotoGP where they used to not and all that, you know. Yeah, but, Emma, um, you know, you can make the bikes faster, but then now you're going to go faster than the rubber can hold. Um, right. Or, or you're, you know, you, 
your brakes. I mean, you've got all the different components of racing, of braking, he, fat, going, rubber. But here's each the one cl- kind of frog, leapfrog over right, the Right, next. right, right. But here's the classic <clears throat> argument. What function does GP racing hold to people like you and me? Um, forget about technological yeah. mm-hmm. advances. What right. it's entertainment. It's, oh, but no. But I was going to say this is what ends up on our bikes yeah, a couple but of no, years later. Take that away. Okay. It's entertainment. Brand recognition. It's largely exercising yeah, branding. It's, but it's it's, 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 it's something you yeah. go and you Hold watch on. the race and you enjoy watching the race. So, my question is: if we could go back in time to the mid 70s and watch Barry Sheen racing or we go back to the mid 60s and see Mike Eldwood or Giacomo Agostini race would it be less entertaining than what we're seeing now the Hold ultimate on. speeds I, would be slower I want to hear Kat's opinion because you're you're in it yeah I can see the possibility of you trying to get that faster lap time in and a tenth of a second <coughs> will make a difference in terms of when you shift but that's during something like qualifying, if you're out in a race, you can see something far ahead of you that uh, no computer ever can. And it's like, oh, geez, I got a downshift now because there's two guys who are just about to pass and that's going to yeah. slow up on that turn and then I have to move there. See, so you're always going to have so to have that factors. manual aspect for qualifying and you've got some open running for and you want that exact shift to happen at that exact right moment. Then I could see them getting into that. But dealing with traffic and racing. That's a different story of when you want to shift. Well, and also you're talking about in the rain, like you have different riding styles, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know. I think this could be something. I mean, you already said that the, the quick, quick shifting is already there, clutchless shifting. Yes. You just have to do it with your foot. Here on my bike, it's just a paddle on the hand. Right. So I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting, but... The point is, and, and I wasn't aware that Honda's had this for, what, 10 years now? Oh, yeah. it was in Europe oh. before yes. it was here. Yep. I remember the Aprilia Shiver coming out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. Wait, wait. Was and it the, the Shiver the or the Mana? No, it was the Clutches. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the Mana. Yeah, the Mana, all right. Wasn't it? I think the, it was DC. the Clutchless. Yeah. yeah. Well, that well, was a CVT, though, wasn't it? Mm. No. Other than that, I rode, I think it was at a Benelli about... 10 years it wasn't ago. exactly DCT. Honda have got a lot of patents going with a DCT. No, but I, I rode a, I thought it was a Benelli right. that was an automatic. Oh, no, automatic bikes have been around forever. Yeah. You can go back oh, to but the mid-70s. Yeah. So DCT is what Honda's yeah, introduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why this stands out from but, the rest. Um, Honda brought out an automatic in, boy, 75? Yeah, the Hondamatic. The Hondamatic. Um, Moto Guzzi was running the Convert. And that mm-hmm. was in the late set. 78, I think, the Convert came out, mm-hmm. which was an automatic. Um, and then, as you say, the Mana. There's been tons of automatic bikes mm-hmm. over the years. But they've always based on the same, like, fluid drive, just always in the wrong gear, just bleh, You know, like an automatic car, like a lazy automatic car. So, Emma, let's apply your, um, your opinion about, you know, on the racetrack. Yes. So... What I my understanding is there's an advantage to the DCT in the dirt because you don't have to worry as much about your throttle and clutch control. Right. So you can put your attention into your balance and steering with your feet. So it's still rider control, but it lets you put more attention where you need it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Is that any lesson the rider's input? Maybe you should turn off the Netflix when you go riding in the dirt. 
Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying it, it doesn't it doesn't lessen the writer's input. It gives I them think the ability. The skill set is changing. Is what I'm saying. It's the changing skill set the skill set. Mm-hmm. And I mean just as if we were to take um take Brad Lackey. Okay, so Brad Lackey pretty much he was the guy on dirt in the mid seventies. If you would have put him on a current dirt bike in his heyday, yeah. he would probably <clears throat> I don't know how he'd do on it. So he'd be amazed how good, good the brakes and suspension are. Well so let's flip that. Good. But conversely, if we were to take somebody who's riding now yeah. so and ho- put them back on a mid seventies. So bike, yeah, so Kat, mm-hmm. who's your favorite uh Moto G P racer right now? Uh geez I'm really looking at uh, the style of Alex Rins. Okay, uh, like being so, able to pull off a win against so, Marquez with a le- with a lower powered bike. To me, that was an incredible piece of. So of here's a question: Let's take Alex Rins and his bike now, and let's take Kenny Roberts. Yeah, there you go. And mm-hmm. his bike uh, from like what the, the '80s? What was he? Yeah, on the, the 80, '83, the RZ right. 500. Derivative. There you go. Yeah. Now let's take Kenny Roberts of that age. Let's put him on Alex's bike and let's swap them. Who's going to win? that race is it going to be the old racer on the modern bike yes or the modern racer on the old bike i think it depends on the rider or let, let me let's, let's let me change that who's mm. going to die first <laughs> 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 i don't think it's a matter who wins who's going off the track first mm. i i genuinely think that kenny would be thrilled how well the bike handles and how you think well he'd be it able breaks. to adapt to it a lot right. faster wrens i think would be horrified how badly <laughs> kenny roberts right but i don't think he'd come in breaks. far behind though i mean you gotta understand too these riders are basically groomed from the get-go oh sure like i mean rins it's like yeah you know as a but kid, you know so shall i tell you the difference between the riders now and the riders then they're better trained they're better trained in a more specialist field. Mm. Back in Kenny Roberts' day and Barry Sheen's day, certainly the Americans start. They all started off on dirt. They were mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. dirt riders first, every single one of them, and then they went to track. And I think the track riders we're seeing now, I'd be interested to see Renzi's history. I'm pretty sure they all do dirt stuff. I know that's oh, yeah. what they do to to keep on point off season <clears throat> right. like Mark has a super prestigio and Rossi's got his own little ranch where he does uh, well, they, they, yeah. they keep on the I mean dirt. there's just there's just no way you can you know not do that and be competitive I think but it's an you know it's an interesting theory yeah. and I'm not suggesting for a moment that the current racers have less skill than the older ones but the skill set is changing I, I'm gonna say the old racers are cowboys and the new racers are jockeys maybe that's true Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all badass in their in their field. The field has changed that much, you know. That's what I'm saying. And the racers have had to change to, with the bikes and the technology. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just curious to see if 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 Honda really does have this DC tent. Well, you know what? You'd see it show up on a CBR. Then that's, that's like uh, that argument about like Mike Tyson in his prime versus Ali in his prime kind of a thing, right? It's like that's always that argument. You know, old versus new technology. Oh, Mike Tyson. Technique. You know. Mike Tyson. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Mike Tyson all the way. I think it still comes back to the natural rider's ability. If I right. knew in the question mm-hmm. beforehand, I would have thought, okay, which rider has the most natural talent and ability to adapt if you suddenly threw them on a different bike? No, but I think you're right, though. You throw them on one of those old bikes, and they're going to be scared shitless. <laughs> 
Yeah, th- th- because they were downright scary. The street oh. bikes are downright scary. Oh, well, especially when with no traction control. Oof. Oh, yeah, those and wheels. All oh. the time we're having this talk, I'm looking direct ahead <laughs> at me at the pictures of Jim Rice right. on our wall. Mm. And mm-hmm. th- it's a perfect example that Jim was great on flat track. Yeah. And he really wasn't that comfortable doing road. Mm-hmm. Remember how he, he said he smashed up the, the triple? Mm. Mm-hmm. First time out at Daytona. Wow. So, you know, not everybody's is adaptable, but he was definitely the man on flat track. Well, there you go. I mean... That's just a, a, a long-winded version of, you know, yeah. long welcome, welcome to the DCT, and I'm going to continue experiencing it and, and uh, sharing my experiences I, with it. I, I you know what I'm really interested in is, like, the yeah. new style of writing that comes with their technology. Because, like, there was a time where mm-hmm. people weren't doing Bubba scrubs. You know, they weren't scrubbing their dirt bikes midair. And then somebody decided, oh, wait, I could, you know... Get through oh, this jump right. faster, going sideways way right. low, and then everybody else started doing it. Right, and hit like, the ground faster. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'll be interesting to see when if it, that, that technology does go down to sports bikes, and you know your average street rider is a lot faster, given his first, second t- track day or whatever. You know, it's I mean, it, safer too. Right. Yeah. It's interesting in um, car technology, and the only reason that car technology to a certain extent is ahead of us is there's so much more money involved oh yeah um but traditional manual transmissions in cars are very much on the way out now yeah well i'll tell you one thing when that if that technology does ever hit racing you know who's going to be one of the first people to experience it who cat yes It has been interesting to see what has happened in the past few years, just with the adaptation of how the how the quick clutchless shifting has gotten better and better, yeah. and how it literally has changed some people's riding styles. So that uh, brings us to our introduction. <laughs> hey, Cat! Thanks for coming down. So, for people who don't remember, Cat is from Leod Escapes. These are the dream, the fantasy trips where you can go ride amazing sport bikes through the country and then end up on a MotoGP track with some amazing riders mm-hmm. that we can't name. <laughs> I, I can I can put out some first names. If we had some. Oh, do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, do it now. No, so. no. We had uh, we had uh, an AMA rider this year at Catalonia along with, uh, 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 that was Connor. And we also had a, a guy from a Canadian Superbikes who did incredibly well as well, Jordan. Jordan Royds, he ripped it up at Catalonia as well. Mm. So um, I'm sitting with, with this exclusive. Oh, yes. Wait, the wait, you bro- are the- Bef- wait you, before we get into 2020, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get a recap on 2019. Well, okay. That's why good. I sit here, because yes. you had a good year. How many, yeah. how many rides did you have? Oh, geez. Uh, we had seven tours this year. Nice. Wow. Seven tours, uh, five of which with uh, MotoGP tracks. And nice. two of them, t- the other two were, uh, one was at Mizano MotoGP, and the other one was at Mugello MotoGP. Mugello. Did anybody die? No. Good. So it was a good year. <laughs> no. Just checking. Just checking. So, um, yeah, because you came in earlier in the year just to announce, uh, you know, the different rides that you had. So everything was a big success. Yeah, and for the most part. Can you name some more of the uh, riders who uh, participated? Oh, geez. Uh, I'm just thinking of all the different folks and all the different faces. Uh, the, on, the, on, the, on the tracks? On the tracks. Well, in terms of you know famous riders, yeah. uh, 
a, to me, well, the famous writer that all of my clients, well, not all of them, but some of my clients were happy to meet was, was riding with Troy Corser uh, and riding with him on Aragon this mm. year. And then I also got to ride with him at Catalonia and then again, learning more about his style. And uh, Misty Hurst from California Superbike School oh, cool. uh, was also there with me at Catalonia. She's your, and she's normally my coach. Mm. And so a chance to see your coach get coached and also <laughs> do a two-up ride with Troy. That was that was a blast. Hey, Nock, I have a question for you. Yes. If uh, Kat was to make a trip just for you, mm-hmm. what track and what rider would you want him to uh, put together for you? Oh, it would probably be uh, one of the Spanish tracks. And it would probably be, God, geez, who would it be? Pop Marquez, maybe. Who knows? So Marquez. <laughs> now, I'm, I don't know. I'm, he's a great rider. I don't know if he's a good teacher, though, because it's one of those things mm. where, like, some awesome riders probably aren't. Oh, that Latin temperament. It yeah. Could be, mm. Yeah. It might not be You'd agreeable. You'd be lucky to, to get him. within 15 yards of him. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's he's, it, well, he's exclusive, man. You're, you're talking about just distance. in the parking lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he even be seen in the parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be wearing my Valentino Rossi hat talking. Hey, how you doing? There are I do have I do have friends in in Barcelona who like grew up riding with him, and and yes, he, he does ride ride a lot of motocross. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's not something that I'd be able to arrange. But I mean, I know people who know him, and probably so your best chance of seeing him is to show up at this motocross track on such and such a day, and mm-hmm. and you'd probably see Marquez fly by you for an instant. They're fucking fast. Yes, yeah, they're obscenely fast. So uh, Catalonia. Yes. Uh, Catalonia ended up on the calendar as a surprise in 2019. Surprise! Yeah, just it like was that. it was <laughs> a, a possibility for me to do uh, just before the Spanish Pyrenees to Aragon tour. So I said, well, hell, let's uh, let's get in another Moto, MotoGP track and add it to uh, it's number eight right now on my list of, of tracks that I've done. And so Catalonia itself, I was eager to ride it uh, mainly because of the famous pass that happened in 2009 between Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo and Rossi pulling off that pass on the last turn just before the straightaway. And having ridden the course, uh, it has a lot more elevation changes to it that are evident, of course, when you wash mm-hmm. on TV. And now having ridden that final turn before the straightaway, I don't know how the fuck he did it. It's it, it's in how the hell did he yeah. pass there? It's it's a downhill. There's hardly any sighting spots. It's it's a really tricky turn. Hmm. And oh, it's just nuts. I know exactly what you mean. I did a parade lap at Laguna Seca. Yeah, it's <laughs> same thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's exactly so, the same thing. I have exactly. so much, I have so much more respect now for Valentino after having ridden that turn and going, right. How the hell do you pass here? And if you see yeah. the if you go back and look at it, the pass is so precision. He's not he's not elbowing into somebody, he's not shoving Jorge wide or, or doing any of Marquez's tricks. Uh, he's literally just slipping in underneath wow. and then getting on the gas and making this important possible pass Man. so having ridden it uh yes it is also a very fast uh circuit uh great pavement uh got to ride with also a uh red bull rookies rider uh max cook who's a classic example of what i like to see in the paddock of a young kid coming up he's not full of cash he's, he's not born with a phd parents have dough uh <laughs> he is there in the paddock uh, as a guest uh, of Troy, and he's polishing bikes, he's working on machines, he's helping everybody, and then in exchange for some coaching on the track, 
the kid was insanely fast. Nice. Easily, easily nice. outclassed uh, the, uh, our riders who we brought with us. And just, again, like those people with incredible talent and all the abilities to develop that talent, he was he was riding it on a different track than I was. There was no doubt about it. So what bikes were you riding there? We were riding the new European oh, version, S1000RR. And oh, yeah. the, the difference is the fuel mapping. Uh, the bikes are identical except for the fuel mapping. And the fuel ba- mapping on the U.S. bike is really suffering uh, from mm. the emissions control. Right. So for anybody who's a track rider and is hankering for that new S1000RR, yes, it is an incredible machine. Uh, in comparison to the 2018 bike, I'd say the 2019 bike has more potential. It's clearly everything's an upgrade, but the 2018 bike still works More horsepower? <clears throat> yes, it has more horsepower. The suspension is better. The handling is a little bit quicker because of the uh, of the rims. Uh, it's It has potential to be a much better bike, but it doesn't work altogether as one piece yet. So I heard that the European versions have an undertale baguette holder. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I was too busy. I was too busy looking forward down the track and Liza, asked by people. All that time. is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Even BMW know that's a Brie holder. <laughs> oh, and the other thing in Catalonia, which was really cool, is the head of BMW Motorrad was there. Oh, and more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, just like I saw the head of. CEO, uh, the Ducati CEO Domenicale was at Mugello this year. Mm. They were not there to observe. They, they were, were there to ride. ride. That's mm. cool. They were riding, and I watched him get on the back with Troy Corsi. Big, huge guy. He's like six foot five. He's a gigantic dude. But he spent his whole day not talking to people, not trying to gauge the marketplace. No, he was there to be in it so they're not just suits is what you're saying right he was there to be in it and understand his brand from a rider perspective Mm. yeah i passed him a number of times but still he was there and he was getting it and i feel really good about the bmw brand moving forward with that man in charge because he gets it nice nice now now emma ask him your question so no i was i was looking at the brocure and uh, I'm going to read through some of these these fad, fabulous Wait, destinations. We, we can announce all of this now, right? Yes, you can. Yes, yes, um, all right. Because I wanted to point out, while you were talking Ooh, about Catalonia, your tours aren't just about racetracks. I mean, no. there's always spirited riding, and I know that neck of the woods is so beautiful. Yes. So um, we have Italian Dream to Mugello. Mm. With? With... Uh, with well it's riding a v4s panigale yes that's on the track but more importantly where's the street riding on that one? Oh, the hills of tuscany florence oh my god corsica sardinia <laughs> yes. very nice yes that that tour we've been planning for a while now i finally sat down my partner enrico <gasps> enrico the, yes uh, and I said, Enrico, we've got to do Corsica and Sardinia. How do we make this possible? And we started working the logistics, and it just wasn't working. And finally, we just had one of those breakthrough moments. <laughs> we're like, you know what? Forget Rome. Let's go in and out of Florence. And that made all the logistics work. So we finally get to ride Corsica and Sardinia and do Beautiful. a day of track time on Mugello. Nice. Fantastic. And on a Panigale. On a Panigale, yes. Very good. Now we're going to... Uh, 
our local tour. Yeah. Curves Coast and Corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Um, so San Francisco, obviously. Do you go much further north than San Francisco? Oh, yes. Uh, this is still my favorite week of sport touring is Northern California because of the variety of roads that we get. We get some great mountain passes that are uh, on par with stuff that Europe can throw at you, like Ebbets Pass and Sonora Pass. And still, the best coastline in the world is north of San Francisco on Highway 1. Yep. Yeah. So and is this 1,000 miles? says a thousand miles of curves and two days of track instruction oh on california oh easily more than that yeah, nice. easily so more than that so this, yeah these are long long days yeah and we didn't even we didn't even mention how many days are these trips? average average is 10 or 11 days yeah. yeah this is a real thing and then we go to authentic italy and yes. three days on the track with this one. Yeah, three days with Troy Corser uh, to really get to know Mugello really well. Uh, and also notice that Troy Corser rides around constantly without traction control on the entire time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also incredibly observant. I've watched over the course of the years, Troy Corser has gotten better at being an instructor uh, at these. Of course, he's an incredible rider. Uh, but he's also obscenely observant. When he goes by you on the track, he's not, not looking to pass you. He's looking at everything you're doing on the bike. You get back into the paddock, he's like, yeah, yeah. he'll be like, yo, lift your elbow up a little bit more <coughs> inside on the left. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's he's, wow. abst- he's astonishingly observant and, and then very we're, uh, helpful. We're doing another one with Troy Corsa. Um, Spanish Pyrenees included, though. Oh, yes beautiful spanish pyrenees uh the the best thing about the spanish pyrenees is what you don't notice you'll have a fabulous day through the pyrenees and then you won't realize at the end of the day one of the great reasons why you had so much fun is because there's no traffic right hmm. um australia yeah interesting yeah. choice yes. oh wow nice. uh still my favorite racetrack mm-hmm. uh, of all the motor gp tracks i've ridden as philip island Yay. uh the big surprises on that of, of course we're not heading through these big flat roads in the middle of the desert no we're going up over mountains through rainforests. lots of good curves that we found mm-hmm. for folks there and the food is also a big surprise for a lot of people heading to australia it's not just about meat pies right so just curious you're riding the s1000rrs there yes how does that plastic hold up when you hit a kangaroo um i cannot report on the they did this last year we did had guys had to run out on the track and chase a wallaby off the track the worst i've seen was at phillip island somebody went through the southern loop and they hit a goose oh and they came in off the escape route off the honda curve there's an escape road and they came in and the guy is about to pull into the paddock and his buddy stands up and he just holds his hands up uh uh-uh you ain't coming in. They turned on the hose. The guy was covered <laughs> in feathers, blood, guts. Oh. It was all over the bike. They hosed him down oh, no. in the middle of the paddock. It was hilarious. Jeez. That was like knock last Tuesday um, night. Yeah, we're gonna leave. <laughs> we're gonna leave the Czech one for a moment. So we've got a couple of GP tours. You've got mm-hmm. the Magello GP, yes, with Tuscany, mm-hmm. and then the Misano GP with Italy, yes. Both of which look very, very good. And those actually include the GP, right? Yes, yes. Qual- both qualifying day as well as race day, reserve seating in the Ducati grandstands. And we come to check out Cat's <laughs> <laughs> wild birthday ride. Yes, yes. It's my 50th birthday. And what. Congratulations. Yes. What better excuse oh. can I do to bring some people on a scouting tour? I've ridden through the uh, Czech Republic before. I have bad news for you. What? It says a scouting tour. Oh, Jesus. 
I'll have to, uh, have to dive in. See, this is what happens when there's nobody to check my copy. Oh. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? Um, I'm going to just give that up to I was drinking uh, while See, I was I, making the I, brochure. I have to admit, I was excited. Like, what's a scouting tour? A <laughs> scouting tour is, is it's just like a scouting tour, except this is my birthday and we are going to get And you're drunk. counting. You're counting <laughs> right. the beers. And actually, yes. it says it right here in the brew cure. Yes. It says... Um, um, yes, it's cheaper than our usual track and tour for mm-hmm. two reasons. Yes. First, because it's a scouting tour and not everything is fully tested. Yes. Secondly, you might have to see one of our tour guides drunk. Absolutely. <laughs> this is my 50th birthday. I'm planning to spend some time in the Czech Republic uh, riding. This will be this will be track number 10. This will be my 10th right. tenth track uh, that I will have ridden. So I plan to have a roaring good time. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's. For for people who want a well organized, very clean, precise, bland tour, that's not going to be that. This is okay. a scouting tour with a lot of, well, you'll learn the word pivo very so, well. That's to order um, your beer. I have a question. Which one of these uh, tracks do you get to ride a Triumph on? You know, I would love to reach out to Triumph and mm-hmm. say, hey, you like the other wise manufacturers such as uh, Ducati, BMW, and recently Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Uh do the right thing, manufacturers. Give track riders a chance to try out your machine. Give them a chance to yeah, fall in love with a bike. You want to fall in love with a bike? The best way to do it is on a one-week tour or on a couple of days at the racetrack. That's right. where people will come. We've had this happen plenty of times. People go on the tour, they come right home, and they buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that seems to be missing. So I've fallen in love this year. 2019 that's it I'm, I'm selling my track bike i'm getting a yamaha one why because i spent two days on one at zoxon ring and i absolutely loved it. yeah they are very good aren't they and it's not too small for you no it's actually a very good uh very good big boys bike okay <laughs> um, you just put a telephone book on the seat uh it allows me because of the seating was allows me to sit further back because oh, i'm so tall right. and i can adjust i can get different rear sets and the other thing was i have so much weight because i'm such a big guy uh but even weight on the bars doesn't upset the R1 as much as it does the Ducati or the BMW. Just curious, have you had a chance to try the Kawasaki HP? There is no rational reason why anybody should own that bike. I still want to ride it. I still want to try it. I'd probably never have one in my garage, uh, but of course everybody wants to try it. But again, uh, please, manufacturers, make these bikes available to rent for people to try them out. So, mm-hmm. um, Cap, we've talked about um, cost before, and I think it's as good a time as any to review sure. it. These are extremely well-organized tours. I know the food is great, the riding is great, but they really are for the little more well-heeled yes. motorcyclists. The cheapest tour on here is actually the Magella Moto GP one. Mm-hmm. Um, forty-five fifty. Yeah. Four thousand five hundred and fifty bucks. Yes. What do you get for that? Now that's excluding flights. Isn't that's it? excluding flights. But of course, I can give people lots of tips on. Yeah, flights. yeah, yeah. Knock. You're only forty-five hundred dollars away from that. Oh yeah. Well, you're you know. almost there. So if I plunk, Very close. if I plunk down my forty-five hundred bucks, what am I going to get for that? And we'll we'll start it because it's the cheapest tour you're offering okay. for twenty twenty. And there's a reason we we <clears> did that. We wanted to make that tour cheaper, and one of the ways we did that is we stay in the same hotel the entire time in Florence, uh-huh. and we do day loops out of Tuscany. That that lowered the price for us a little bit, and honestly, there's plenty of great riding roads in and around Tuscany. 
so that includes your hotel. That always includes breakfast. That always includes a welcome and farewell dinner. Probably our biggest cost, single cost of that tour, all the tickets, uh, the ticket package, which includes, you know, reserved parking on, well, technically both the qualifying day and the race day. But on race day, we actually sneakily park our bikes inside of a body shop, which Enrico has arranged <laughs> for us, which is the, we, we're nice. very proud of the fact that after the checkered flag drops, you're two hours away from your hotel in a madhouse of 100,000 people. Yeah. So wow. we've, we've worked out the logistics pretty good on that one. And, you know, there's various little extra thingies like, you know, everyone gets their shirts and, you know, little right. extra stuff like that. So cool when you could experience another nation but, and it's working with it like a local and mm-hmm. just like yeah. was one of the guys, you know. Um, so cool. But you'd need to find your flights and mm-hmm. you would need to find bikes. Uh, oh, no, the bikes the bikes are included. The bikes are included, yes. but you do need to reserve early because, yes. obviously, it's GP time. Everybody wants to ride a Ducati in Italy and MotoGP, so please reserve early. That tour is that tour will be popular, and I expect I'll be getting a lot of phone calls after Christmas because that's when the vast majority of bookings happen. And I know we've asked you this before, but I'll ask again. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what is on your target that you've yet to add to your roster? Um... I'm heading out for a scouting tour that's not on the brochure, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm heading to Andalusia. What? Huh? Andalusia, southern Spain. Oh, thank you. Southern Spain, and I am this January. I just booked all the hotels. I'm having a local guy uh, give me some consultation on the routes, <clears throat> and I'm going to meet up with Troy Corsa again, and we're all going to try out, because uh, his group has never ridden there before either, Hereth. <laughs> oh shit, Hereth's awesome. Yes. So I'm I'm yeah. would like to make that part of the tour. Another thing that's has a possibility for me, one of my clients who's also a supplier, Graham, who is a hilarious guy to have on tour. He's so much fun. He lives in Thailand and I would love to do a MotoGP tour to Thailand. Ride mm, the so Northern Hill Country and then uh, watch MotoGP. So I have a question for you, Nock. Yes. Um Jerez has a very successful export and has had for many hundreds of years. Is which it saffron? We, which we Brits like very much. Would you like <clears throat> to take a guess what that is? Is it saffron? No, you drink it, darling. Oh, why? Chamomile. It sounds quite similar <clears throat> to Jerez. Sherry. Sherry. Oh, mm-hmm. oh sherry. Wine. All proper sherry comes from Jerez. Right. And it's quite timely because we Brits like drinking sherry at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that mm-hmm. it? All right. Yes. Do you mix it with your gin? Yes, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Thin it out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a European wine cooler zip. Yeah, no, but it's, 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 and when, Sherry. you will find when you go to Jerez, you'll see all, a lot of very British names because you'll see all the sherry houses. Hmm. And they're, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're British companies that are established down there. I like me some Spanish wine. Oh, fuck you up so good. <laughs> it's delicious. And oh. it's extremely cost effective as well. You can get quite a lot of it. Not a lot of money. You can get terribly drunk. So seven tours last year, mm-hmm. eight for 2020. Yes. Are you, do you have room to add any more? Yes, I do. I'm um, gonna gonna need some spare people, I think. To my, my magic goal is to have ten fully booked tours in a year. Obviously, we've only been doing this for for seven years now. Uh, there's a lot of other tour companies who have a lot more years on us and a lot more market awareness. Right. And we're after a, a very different market. We're after the track ride. So we're going to 
This dovetails really nicely into a question we wanted to ask you, but right now, out there in listener land, somebody's ears have just pricked up. Oh, I want to be a tour guide. What does it take to be a successful tour guide? Which you, of course, are. I see a lot of very, very happy No, I, this is a great question because, you know, like we started doing our little moto food tour. Right. Um, and you, this is something, Kat, you have a lot we of experience were, and you've learned, you've learned a lot of lessons. Yeah. And just for people who have company to their their town and want to take someone for a ride, you got some good tips? Well, I would like to, th- I've sort of learned some hard lessons you know, in the past couple of years. Uh, more than a tour guide, I'm a tour operator. Mm-hmm. I'm a tour, uh, I'm an entrepreneur that's creating a new marketplace. Uh, that means that you can redirect the calls? I would say that you, be, an entrepreneur is a different type of personality. I meant uh, the tour operator. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you just left that one there, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so tour operator. A tour operator and entrepreneurs is, there are certain aspects of my personality that doesn't always make me the best tour guide. Um, Here's what I've seen in tour guides since, geez, I was in the 20s. Uh, one, they're often slightly broken people. Oh. Uh, hmm. They come from a, a hmm. background where the best way for them to experience joy is to see joy in other people. Mm, okay. This is, has to be a thing that makes you uh, happy. Uh, so they're usually kind of damaged folk. Uh, but you have to be a coach. You have to be security, you have to be somebody's butler, and you also have to be their boss all at the same time. It's rather tricky. Mm-hmm. You always have to remember it's not about you. It's even though you're leading, you have to lead everyone, you, but you have to remember that leadership is responsibility. Leadership is servitude. It is your job to serve these people <clears throat> as a leader and tell them what they're going to do, where they're going to go, what to watch out for, and don't be a dick and go ahead and lose everybody. I've seen this happen more than once where someone thinks they're a tour guide. And they just take off. Hmm. I'm like, dude, you gotta spend half your time looking in the rearview mirror, make sure that everybody's with you. But uh, uh, you, you know, Cat, I've got some form here because before I got back into the motorcycle industry, I was driving um, heavy uh, tour yeah. buses. Yeah, and you know. I, I had a lot of experience with tour guides, both tour guides that were with me for a couple of weeks at a time, and tour guides that so do, do step on tour guides. <clears throat> And they're an interesting bunch. They, I absolutely agree with everything you said. And when you're in the tourism industry, there's a formula. And you can slice it and dice it any way you want, but you cannot get away from the simple formula that as a tour guide, as an operator, as a driver, as a hotelier, as a restaurateur, it doesn't matter which side you're in, the harder you work, the better time your clients are going to have. Yeah. And that's it. You can't get away from that. I'm, I'm going to throw in one more skill set. Huh. You have to listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. and this is where I will say I have, I have guides <laughs> that work for me that are better guides than mm-hmm. I am because it, my personality isn't necessarily for everybody. <laughs> We think you're just great cats. Yeah, but it, it, so, but being an entrepreneur means you're not a cog in the wheel. It means you're opinionated. You have dreams. You have vision, and you want to drive certain things. Whereas I have guides who work for me that are much better at, at listening to mm-hmm. people and sort of. I have this sort of broken switch in my head where I don't always quite know what's appropriate to say. So okay, so okay. Well, let's let's follow that through. Yeah. What is your grand vision for Leod Escapes? Well, I think I sort of hinted at it there. I would like to see uh, 
10 fully booked tours a year with lots of happy people. We already have about 50, 40% repeat business on tours. No, that's a one-year plan. I want to hear your five-year the plan. Five year, the, the five-year plan is uh, I've got two other sort of kind of copies of me, but, but better as tour guides uh, running a couple of the tours for me. Um, probably they'll start out with the MotoGP ones. I've got a couple of guys in Spain that I think they're, they're gotten to the point now where they could run the tour on their own without me. Nice. Uh, because if I want to keep this going, there has to be more than one tour <clears throat> running at the same time. Because the calendar for track days does not work out mm, for right. my convenience. Mm-hmm. Right. The manufacturers talk, the racing teams talk, and then the track day companies get the scraps in terms of when the calendar happens. Mm-hmm. So we have to take what we get. And I, I was just going to point out because you know you have the the day at Laguna Sega. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the hardest things is, is booking these days uh, yeah. at the tracks, especially at the level of the tracks you're doing. And um, I mean, we know, or a lot of people may not be aware, like everything at Laguna Seca is kind of getting turned upside down right now. Um, so that's a great opportunity for people to get their wheels uh, there because we don't know what's going on with motorcycles in Laguna Seca. Right yeah, now. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit nervous about that. I mean, obviously, folks have seen the change in the change in management, <clears> and <throat> I really there's you know there's sort of rumor that this management doesn't even like racetracks. I, I don't know. There, there needs to be some PR done. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, the the region around here, and you guys can comment more on this than I can uh, in terms of you know Monterey folks there like wealthy guys and their their rich Porsches and Ferraris and whatnot to go around that track. They don't necessarily like as uncouth motorcyclists who aren't Biker worth. trash. Yeah. Hmm. You know, what? You guys aren't millionaires? Then what are you doing here? And, oh, I bought my five, you know, million dollar McMansion and it's next to a racetrack. And it's so loud. You know what? <laughs> I, I want to continue this conversation, but before we go there, hmm. I want to double back real quick. Sure. And tell everyone where to find out more oh. information about your your escapes mm-hmm. leodescapes.com yes l-e-o-d escapes.com there is yeah. also a telephone number 1-866-562-6126 if I call right now will your phone ring yes it will <laughs> <laughs> so don't call right now it, 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 it will ring in Spain at three in the morning <laughs> <laughs> god damn it it's gonna happen so um no, I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's an 866 number, so it, that's kind of a portal that give you information and it's an automated... No, I, actually, we're thinking we have to move <clears throat> to the automated because I get so many of those damn robocalls. If I oh, move to the Christ. automated, then, mm. then I can route people to operations for booking. Uh, if they have questions about tours, they could, you know, obviously talk to me. Some people don't want to read. And they don't want to watch it. They just want to to talk to somebody and they want to find it. It's like, how much it is, it's right there on the website. They don't want to read. They want to talk to somebody. But I don't blame them. This is an expensive investment in your life. Hey, it's Christmas week. (laughs) Buy something for yourself. Go to (laughs) laodescapes.com. Treat yourself. To a fantasy how how is the booking going for 2020? Is it uh, robust? Uh, I've I'm I've got one spot left on the on the Corsica Sardinia wow. tour. There's one spot left. Wait, and we didn't say how many people are on each tour. Um, the mm. maximum I'll take is 15. Anything yeah. more than that, and I start reducing people's overall experience. Uh, I sure I'd like to make more cash on a few tours, but come on, I've got to keep up the tour quality for everybody. But that's involved. not the yeah. Leod way. No, no. no. It's not my way. And I would say that, okay, remind everybody, 
you cannot buy your way into happiness or status. Uh, the things that make you happy are great experiences with good people. I, yeah. I, I can buy a lot of happiness. Yeah, but you can you can buy you can buy the things, but mm-hmm, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's what you do with those things and the people you're with that that's what really matters. There you go. I got a garage full of those Profound. things that make me but happy. But you use them; they don't sit there <laughs> right. idle. You know, you're not like one of those you know multi-billionaires that with a <laughs> garage full of you know thirty cars that never get driven. Right. Mm-hmm. Profound yeah. words, Cap, yeah. and words to live by as well. So I wanted to get back. Um, so we we brought up uh, Laguna Seca. So for those yes. who don't know, the the company that managed it got S- changed. Scramp. 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 Right. And. What was not included on the roster this year is the Superbike Races, which is there. We first lost MotoGP. So it used to be MotoGP and and World Superbike were the same weekend. And MotoGP was huge. Huge. Then we lost MotoGP, but then they put uh, Moto America in with World Superbike. So we still had a great, fun time of racing, good times. World Superbike not included on the schedule so we don't know what's going to happen with laguna seca and moto america or any motorcycle racing at all wow so this also ties into um i saw an announcement this week that one of our dealers up in the bay area calmoto has closed their doors too Mm -hmm. um and that was that was particularly upsetting because that was the for want of a better term the the flagship store Mm -hmm. um <clears throat> Calmoto was owned by a um, very nice Swiss gentleman called Kari Prager. And Kari died actually many, many years ago, and the management bought him out. But mm. Kari, that was his original store. Mm-hmm. And as they got busy, he bought another store in Livermore mm-hmm. to basically the service the San Joaquin Valley crowd. Which is mm. quite a ways... It's away, out. It's yeah. it's a very different market, mm-hmm. but the one that's gone down, as far as I'm aware, is the Mountain View store, the original flagship yeah. store. Wow. Oh, really? Um, that store's gone. Yeah, huh. and that's um, they lost the Triumph franchise, but it was BMW, Energica, mm-hmm. and Vespa. And Vespa. Vespa. Yeah. yeah, lovely store yeah. and it wonderful staff as well. So here's the deal: we've we've talked about this before. I mean, we've lost most of our shows like we don't even get the progressive motorcycle show here anymore this is the bay area northern california right um we've lost even our our smaller shows right like the british bike show stuff we went to we we've lost our races now we've lost here in santa cruz every single dealership and uh, many of our our just shops mechanics right um and i'm just hearing this happen over and over throughout the whole Bay Area, which to me is one of the largest motorcycle markets. So the question is, what the hell is happening? And for our listeners, I want to find out, because when I travel, I go, like I say, I want to go visit motorcycle stores and, um, you know, I go to uh, Rapid City and these massive, giant dealerships. And I was just in Denver and I went to a a store that just sold gear it was the size of eight cycle gears mm. it was huge it was, it was huge and it makes me wonder 
is it just our market that's dying or are people seeing this everywhere? So that's my question to the listeners, but I want to ask the people in the room, what do you guys think is going on here? Well, first you've got to deal with the issues that is California. Uh, we're experiencing an incredible amount of growth right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people leaving California. I'd say that they're cashing out. They, but for every folks who are cashing out of California, there's fresh folks coming in. I've got people near me that are moving in. They've come here to do drywall. I mean, the economy mm-hmm. is overheated, and the rents have gone up so quickly that <clears throat> if you own a motorcycle shop, boy, just to pay the rent on the place but is tough. But that's not exactly true. Residential prices, we know this is some of the most expensive places in the country to yes. live. But the... Um, uh, but the what, commercial uh, commercial has not gone up at the same scale. Okay, I stand corrected. It, it, but but no, hang mm. on. But you got to staff it, and mm. traditionally the cost of being living has yes. gone. and traditionally the motorcycle industry does not pay well. Mm. Um, ironically, for all the years I've been a motorcycle mechanic, it's never been a massively well-paid position. Yeah, and and also the even though commercial rental prices have not gone up as dramatically as retail or mm-hmm. residential re, uh, rental yeah. prices have, it still has gone up significantly. <clears throat> and for a business, that makes a huge difference. So a lot of places have been squeezed out, not just motorcycle shops, but businesses overall. Uh, I've I've heard of a lot of places that have been squeezed out because the cost of rents have gone up. Mm. Well, there's a couple of different things happening. There's also. Um, uh, at least here in Santa Cruz, I don't know of any like cheap warehouse or buildings left. Mm. Right, they've all been turned into lofts or, you know, different type of spaces. You know, mixed spaces. Um, here's another thing that's happening out here that a lot of people aren't really equating. The marijuana industry is coming. Oh, in it's huge and oh, yeah. taking over a lot of the like warehouse that, and yeah, but that's spaces. Not, but that's that's not happening here in California. Yes, so much. it is. I know people who this has happened to that those just you know spaces that people would have like have their own little machine shop or you could just get like some old building yeah i'm telling you like out in prunedale there's nothing left you can't Hmm. get cheap buildings anymore wow because the marijuana industry has come in and um they'll pay like two years up front and landlords will kick their tenants out Hmm. to rent to them it's it's small but it's part of what's happening here too. And you, and, and you add it in. And I think if we if if we're looking for a magic <coughs> reason why we're not going to find it, what no. we're going to find is a lot of small reasons. And, and and I was using that as an example of the affordable spaces have uh, disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also I I think that that overall I think most people don't have. The, the the spending cash on hand that they used to have because things are so much more expensive these days. Right. I mean, there are some people who are making a lot of money, and sure, they'll go out and you know buy themselves a you know a, a, some sort of really fast car or something, or maybe some really really hot bike. But most people are kind of struggling these days, so I don't think people are, are have that disposable cash on hand mm-hmm. to buy bikes with. I can tell you, every single one of us in this room are doing our end to hold up. Sure. The motorcycle. We, we, are, we are the exceptions, um, but. but if you use me as an example, so the other day um, the RF900 needed mm-hmm. a battery. And you know how much I love my US batteries. So I had a choice. I could toddle off down to the local dealership and buy one. I could buy one from the shop that I worked at. Or I could actually go online 
and get one. And I went online and got one. So mm. how much? Yeah. So is it? You think it's? Um, oh, it's substantially cheaper. I, I know. We know that the industry has been changing because of that. So I'm just wondering. Is it just us here in the Bay Area, or is the same impact being seen? No, I everywhere? used to work. For, I used to work for BikeBandit.com, and I can tell you this is something that's 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 happening all across the United States in terms of where you're going to be purchasing uh, your parts <clears throat> and accessories. Yeah. Yes, I mean, but yeah, yeah, just, but you still have to buy bikes, new or used, and you still have to get them repaired. Yes. So why are all of the shops disappearing? And this is my concern. I'm not going to address why they're disappearing, but the biggest concern is you're not... If you have a bricks and mortar motorcycle shop with all that beautiful paint and chrome in the window, you have the school kids who'll stop by and and become the future motorcyclists because they've got their noses pressed up against the window. It's like, oh, my God, look at that. If the store has gone, and I think everybody in this room did that. Mm-hmm. I did that. Ten-year-old kid. I was looking at the those triumphs lined up, and I thought, oh, my God, they're the most beautiful thing in the world. Well, guess what? As soon as I was old enough, I got a bike. And if you take that away, you're not going to have that generation of people. I so- feel uh, we're still... People haven't gone over the high of the 2008, before the 2008 crash. Mm -hmm. There was a a chunk of about maybe five, ten years where it was just motorcycles. And people want to get back to those numbers, but it's not going to happen. So, yeah, that was when there's surplus income, then recreational vehicles are purchased. People had money that they could spend on stuff. So, hey, Emma, maybe you know the answer to this. I'm just taking a guess here. How much does insurance come into play? I say this because less and less dealers were letting people do test rides. Right. I'm wondering mm. if that hurt. And a lot of that was related to insurance. A lot of that was related to insurance. I'm wondering um, if that is just another contributing factor. I mean, factor. It, it is a contributing factor. It's it's hard. If you've got a showroom full of bikes <clears throat> and somebody says, I like it, I want to test ride it. First off, you've got to have a pretty robust insurance to cover the bike and them. Mm -hmm. But secondly, that means you've got to pull a brand new bike and prep it, which means you oil it up, you gas it up, you fill up the battery, and then you put sufficient miles on it that now, if they buy it, that's great. It's their bike, and you negotiate the deal for a new bike. But if they don't buy it, now you've got a bike with a few miles on it on in stock, and you could say, well, it's a new bike, but it's really a demonstrator. Mm-hmm. So, here- so it's a financial leap of faith, and that's why you get the classic scenario, well, I'm interested in buying this bike. Well, when are you interested? Are you interested now or interested in a year's time? Well, you know, uh, maybe in six months. Well, you come back and see us then. So- so, and it's annoying as hell, yeah. but yeah. and and plus there's a lot of risk financially for putting bikes on the floor if they don't sell, then you're on the hook, you know, for yeah. for you know uh, fees and everything. Right. So yeah, Phil's talked about that at length before. I remember hearing about that. So yeah, there's there's a lot that. So the big question is: Do you blame the industry or do you blame the market? And here's what I'm gonna say: I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna blame the market, and I'm gonna say it is our responsibility all riders out there and if you need to convince your 
partner or whoever it controls your checkbook everyone should have more bikes <laughs> i agree if, if everyone does their job and has at least three bikes in their garage i think we can turn this thing around no there is an equation yeah. for the correct number of right? bikes there is an equation for the connect correct number of bikes in your garage and yeah. that number is n plus, plus one, one. <laughs> knock how many bikes you got Three. It's not enough. And Henry, how many you got? Plenty. It's plenty. It's got a. It's got to do with storage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Insurance. Uh, how many you got, fees? Henry? Let's let's with, just see. How many you got, Henry? With the dirt bike, six. All right. How many you got, Cat? I, I want to go out on let me and say that I've been doing <clears throat> riding abroad for so long and renting bikes mm-hmm, for so long mm-hmm. that I have reached a point in my personality where, if I found two other guys in the local Bay Area who wanted to share the ownership of a nice R1 with me, I'd do it. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's I don't need to own the thing right. to be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I've got two, but I definitely wouldn't mind having two? more. Not enough. Well, Emma, how I'm many, on the road so much. Emma, know? how many do you have? I have N. <laughs> <laughs> Bagel, how many you got? Well, uh, that would be a baker's dozen. Yeah, see? So, uh, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> and I got, I guess, technically eight now. But I want to try and pare it down to, I, I think I can live with just six. Oh, that's going to be so hard. Oh, it's going to be It's going to be hard. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. Fucking but, first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> but my point you, being, look. It's not about things. This is our Damn responsibility. It. Go out there, get more bikes. Tell your wife you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> track is... riders bring one person to the track this year somebody who's never done it just bring one there you go mm-hmm. and you it's go. really surprising when i go to to local track days and say how many people here the first time and you'll be really surprised that a good sometimes sometimes it's over half the room it's their first time ever at the racetrack wow yeah. hmm. nice so there you go i gave everyone a job hey you guys want to do something fun now yes mm-hmm. you notice that box in the middle of the room Yes. Mm-hmm. Somebody want to open it up? Yes. We got a gift. You're going to have to get the cat off of it first. Is it, is it a puppy? We got a uh, gift from go. Sheila in Texas. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Sheila from Texas. Merry, Merry Christmas, we Sheila. Love Sheila. I'm opening it up. <clears throat> if it's a freeze-dried armadillo, I'm going to be very Ooh, Girl! <laughs> oh, girl! <laughs> Tilt it down Uh-oh. so everyone can see what's in there. Popcorns and sweets! Oh, yeah. oh You better hand that over now. So, I, this is now, I'm going to give a uh, oh, advisory warning right now. There's going to be chewing. <laughs> Pass that around, son. What's popping, Dude, Texas? Read some of these flavors. Fresh gourmet popcorn. Dude, Ooh. read some of these flavors. All right, All right let me, let me, okay. Beer cheddar. Oh. oh. What do you got, Henry? Gingerbread. Loaded potato. What was that? What? Loaded potato. Oh, what? wow. <laughs> savories. We got sweets and savories. Goddamn. Cherry, cheesy ranch. Nice. Ooh. Ooh, pass the cheesy ranch. And there you got go. gingerbread again. I already said Pass the now. cheesy ranch. <laughs> oh, I got a lollipop. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's pretzel. Mm. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, blueberry. Goddamn. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. And they are bright blue. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to pass this shit around. Pat, yeah, grab, if you guys want to try some. Cheesy ranch. Grab it. And big thanks to Sheila and Texas. No, Sheila, you know, I was going to ask She's what happened to best. Sheila, but because mm-hmm. we haven't heard from her for a while, and then here it is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sheila. Texas-sized. Mm. Damn. <laughs> I want to try that. Cheesy ranch is banging. What is that? 
This one says Christmas mix, which what? <laughs> it's green and of course, red. Of course, it's green and red. Who knows what flavor? All right. There Cran- might be one flavor that's cranberries missing that and I peppermint. Cranberry and peppermint flavor. There's a Parmesan garlic one. Here. Yeah, yeah, oh, it, that is yeah. so you, cat. Let's try oh. the Parmesan. Oh, cheesy ranch. Ooh. Hey, you guys. This the is box. the week before uh christmas mm-hmm. yeah are you guys all ready for this ho mm. no ho ho <laughs> uh, i can't see wait you for next year huh? oh it's like candy mm-hmm. mm. i'm gonna yep. try that other one. Oh, well that's heavy on the flavor mm. hey i got um mm. i got some more news do you now yeah oh pass that parmesan garlic i'm gonna try oh, that. Yeah. um oh wait wait before I get to the news, what is this? Trying to keep my mouth away cheesy from ranch. the Cheesy ranch. Okay, here we go. Um, it's pretty banging popcorn, Oh, that's really good. Oh. Mm. Oh, got a ranch kick. Uh-huh. Mm. It's called Cheesy Ranch. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get back. So I got some news. Um, He's got that garlic one. <laughs> so I, I've told some of the people in the room... Um, but I'm ready to make an announcement here that there is uh, a new venture that I am um, starting to work on. Yeah, this is exciting. This is. Um, I hope to be uh, announcing officially pretty soon that the dates for the Santa Cruz Motorcycle Film Festival. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, what do you think about it's happening, that? huh? Silver Dream Racer. Well, here's the thing. Oh, cool um, with David Essex. Cool, <laughs> blimey. What flavor is that? Oh, Parmesan garlic. That's Parmesan garlic. Here's the thing. Even though we're losing a lot of the industry here, we still have a lot of bikers, and I think bikers love to watch motorcycle movies. Of course, we do. And there's more and more people making short films. I mean. You can look at us in, in, in point, you know. Yeah, production is gone. Scooterist, um, Motosexual. Check it out on YouTube. I like how production is effectively just gone towards the people now. So everybody can kind of just download a free movie editing app and, and I'm not even, movie. I'm not even talking about full length. Um, no, you can like go short. On, uh, here's a cool thing. Go on Vimeo. Type in motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I just I clicked on um, most recent uploads. There's new little shorts being uploaded every like few minutes. Hmm. Mm. So, um, you know, if you like to watch movies, they're, they're out there. There's a lot of shorts. So I want to start a film festival um, here in Santa Cruz. Hopefully in April, I'm trying to secure the Rio Theater right now. Hmm. Classic historical Mm -hmm. theater. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm looking, though, I'm looking for suggestions. I'd love it if anyone has seen some great short films. Um, Like, we don't have time to do, like, a whole, like, oh, the cat's man, to do a whole full-length one, but we want a lot of shorter ones. So um, if you've seen any or know of any or have made any, send them on over uh send me an email recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com send a link um because i'm going to start taking submissions soon for it but send me some links and give me a heads up so i can start curating this and um yeah there's only oh geez not oh geez there as far as i know there's only one motorcycle film festival in the united states right now and that's the one in portland wow Mm -hmm. i may be wrong 
but that's the only one I know. There used to be the one in New York, but I I don't think they're doing it now. Do you have any mm-hmm. ideas how many movies you're planning on uh, showing, or just wherever? Well, it depends. I mean, Still. you know, like our shorts are six minutes, but there may be some that are twenty minutes mm-hmm. or thirty minutes two minutes and I mean we're looking to have uh, and maybe even some vintage stuff you know um, some some adventure stuff some track stuff some street stuff some comedy I mean it's all out there there's got to be some good comedy bumpers you could put in between two major features just put in some comedy reels of just ridiculous stuff yeah. they're out there on YouTube that'd be that'd be good for you, you. haven't seen get, uh, you haven't seen motosexual yet have some you? of the law talker boys in this <laughs> Can, can it's, we, a, it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's we, a master something. Can we arrange a, a showing of Hell's Angels on Wheels? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so that's my big announcement. That's what I am working on doing. I think it's just another way to bring the, the biking culture to everyone. And um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, I have another another cool announcement. Oh? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Evil Knievel. Mm-hmm. Limited network series on the on USA. Hmm. Yeah, a biopic about Evil Knievel with wow. Milo Ventimiglia playing him. I thought you were going to say Evil Knievel has risen from the grave. Mm. Still well, with us. <laughs> it's, it's like he has. Um. Oh, and it's going to be executive produced by Mick G. McGee? Oh, the music video guy? Uh, well, he did like Charlie's Angels, remember? Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. He did a lot of 90s um, music videos that are wild. So they're going to be uh, b- begin production in 2020. Um, and it's going to be as he's preparing for the Snake River Canyon jump. Now, here's... As, as the real Evil Knievel is? Or are they in the movie, you mean? This, in this movie. Oh, it's about okay. that period of his life. Right. Um, here's... Something I'm, I mean, besides the fact that I love the whole Evil Knievel thing and it takes me back to my childhood, but um, it's, I hope that this will create more motorcyclists. Anytime you get something like this on TV, you see little people see it yeah. and they become you know, big motorcyclists. We, we've talked about this a little before, but the change that Easy Rider had on the mm-hmm. motorcycling scene in England was amazing. You wouldn't have thought that a film could change things that much, mm. but it really changed the scene in England overnight. Wow. And that's one film. Well, that movie, like, aside from... It's kind of a pretty introspective movie. They, like, drop acid in that movie. Oh, and, hell yeah. Know, it's, like, I mean, it's very much of... Shit. It's very much of the time. Yeah. But And it was a low-budget movie. It was not a high-budget movie. It was, wasn't what you call a blockbuster. Right. But the, the influence it had, it really changed things for a decade to come. I think it was just really good and, timing for that part, huh? Right. And maybe we're waiting for the next Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah, motosexual. Yes. <laughs> yes. There'll be scooters. There'll be scooter gangs doing scooter gang things. Well, oh, yes. There's always quadrophenia. I have yeah, to say the blueberry is interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. Blueberry's coming down to... Oh, I'm not sure about the blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas one. It turned out it was it was candy cane flavor. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Right. Hmm. Anyway. She's hiding the blueberry. I'm excited about that. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got a lot of emails. Oh, wow. Oh. But these are good ones. Yeah. Oh, here's one for Bagel. Oh, yeah? Um, right. And I love it because people are still sending us their shop uh, recommendations. And the last time I asked for event recommendations. Oh, cool. 
And you know, shop Go recommendations on. are so important. <laughs> Look because... at the face that the cat's making from the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know they they are cat. they are quite peculiar, aren't they, cat? Yeah, no. Wait, I'm, is I'm, everyone I'm, else's I'm... tongues blue? <laughs> I mean, I love blueberries, but okay, but but I'll give them credit for taking a risky attempt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life favors the bold. So bagels so, got one, and I'm yes. one for you. So I have an email. Uh, this is from Kyle Lehman, and the subject is dirt scooters. And Kyle writes, "Hey, misfits, this message is in curiosity. If Bagel has seen the new Throttle Out episode with the dirt scooters, it is a must-watch. Happy holidays." Well, Kyle, I have not. I have not even heard of this, so I am going to have to find that and take a look at that. Um, there, there have been a, uh, a number of videos, Vespa Cross videos I've watched on YouTube before, of just you know people riding in the dirt on their dirt scoots. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll just check this out. I haven't heard of that show before, and uh, that does sound very interesting. Um, and just to, to give an update, I have not progressed on the dirt scoot yet, but I have been giving it a lot of thought, and I do want to start moving on that soon. Uh, I've got some paperwork that I've got to deal with to uh, to get that sorted and oh. before I can start building things. So, Spe- speaking of the dirt scoot, yeah. I, I don't have it brought up. I wasn't prepared. Another listener sent me a link to the Honda Adventure Scooter. Oh, yeah. Oh. Have you guys seen this thing? I've only seen pictures of it. Um, It looks... Remember we were talking about what am I going to ride in my 80s? Right. I want like a step through 850 adventure scooter. It exists apparently. It's just not electric. It's gas. No um, time. And it's made by Honda. <laughs> and it looks totally badass. Cool. Um, I'll have to bring that up. Emma, while I do that, <coughs> Emma, you have an interesting email. I do. And it's a short one. But it's full of content. <laughs> mm. um, this is from Alex McGee. And Alex is in um, Oklahoma, I believe. Oh, wow. And so Alex says, hey, guys, I ran across this stretched booster on Craigslist and thought you all would get quite a kick out of it. In brackets, I certainly did. I believe it is like supposed to look like a fire-breathing dragon. It really is quite something. <clears throat> you know what, Alex? I have studied... Every picture that you've sent us of this stretch booster, <laughs> and I agree with you, it really is quite something. So, um, <laughs> not quite sure what that something is, but it's definitely it's something. something. Um, so, uh, yeah, help me out here, Cat. I mean, this God. started off. At <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> this started off as a booster. Um, time. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Um, it's got these sticky outy swing arms, so the back wheel is actually behind the tail fairing, no, which is pretty much standard for the uh, for no. the boozer. But that paint job, I mean, good lord. It's a gore. It's it's absolutely a gorgeous paint job. This is uh, something I've tried to stress with some of the people who are coming on our tours is you get the right tool for the job. Now, what do you want to do? If you want <coughs> the perfect motorcycle to go up and down a boulevard, and make noise and be seen with. Oh, it well, make lots of noise. I mean, it's hmm. Gary. Well, look at this. He's got a straight pipe on it. This thing is going to make a hideous amount of noise, and everyone's going to see it. So, if that's the tool, <laughs> if that's the job you need done, well, there it is. So, um, so this bike is indeed. I'm going to pass this round because <laughs> we we <laughs> have to see this. I did this seat. No, the dragon paint job is biblically bad. Um, the bike is primarily green. 
but mm. it is painted to look like a dragon. Mm. But I think the 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 piece de resistance is the front mudguards painted like fire. Yeah. So yeah. it's obviously it's breathing fire or it's spewing fire all over its front mudguard. <laughs> I'll bet you anything has got lights under that front wheel well. Oh yes, <clears throat> orange lights in there. Um, I would say it's done in classically good taste. Yes, the bike has only been ridden while wearing flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> you should know, name that bike Hater Herder. Um, wow. But it is an interesting point because you know what? I would put money that that paint job alone probably cost 7500 bucks. I'm just yeah. wondering to wager how many bikinis have been in the passenger seat. Right. <laughs> um, and there you are. You can buy the whole bike. Nice. It's listed for 7500 OBO. So you probably, if you went up with six grand, you could buy it. it it's like buying a paint job and getting a bike for free. Right. <laughs> you know, for the, 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 those ostrich seats? The ostrich. Cost, it's got to be ostrich, hasn't it? Do you think it's ostrich or snake? I can't tell. Probably um, gator if it was in Florida. But you know, it probably... It has knife levers on it. it. It probably cost 20 grand to build that thing. Mm. Wow. Isn't that remarkable, Nock? Got fucking speakers. Yes, for that price, uh, <laughs> for that price, he can go like. to uh, Australia and ride Phillip ha- Island. Does it have speakers? It's <laughs> got speakers. I, uh, I might be looking at something else now. No, I think it's got speakers, so you can blast maybe, Slayer. Maybe the experience. Hold on, you guys. Our earlier conversation we had all wrong. Who's oh, yeah? your favorite racer again? And Andy, did you say? No. Well, no. You asked me about the question. I, I mean, know. My, I know. F- my favorite racer for the industry is still Rossi, but okay. in terms of let's take uh, Rossi. Okay. We were saying, let's take Rossi and put him on like an old bike, right? No, let's put him on that bike. <laughs> let's put him on a stretch boosa with stretch speakers. Yeah. You he think he'll it. get it around the track? Oh, oh hell yeah. Oh, he can. For sure he can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably going 300 miles an hour. No. <laughs> I think the, the ideal scenario would be to put him, put Rossi on that bike, Put Eye of the Tiger on an endless loop, and he could blast <laughs> Eye of the Tiger riding around Laguna Seca on it. Oh, that would be a spectacle. That's such an era of, like, that aesthetic. It's such a specific era in time of motorcycling. Was it like a, like a yeah. was it late 2000, early 2000 Busa? I would say, yeah. yeah. Something like that. What does it say? I don't know. All right. So, 2007. There you go. I have, yeah. a, I have an update on the scooter, and I believe it was Phil at Cleveland Meadow who sent me this. Oh. So it's a scooter called the Honda X-ADV. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see if I can show you guys what it looks like. Um, it looks like my Africa Twin. Whoa. Right? Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Right? Yeah. So in this article, this is from earlier this year, so uh, there's a race called the Gibraltar Race. It's an adventure bike race. Hmm. And um, <clears throat> you had a uh, Perry Dakar veteran, uh, Renato Zocchi. Zocchi? Zocchi? Z-O-C-C-H-A. He rode this in the, this race. Um, also in this race, you're talking KTM 950 Super Enduros, mm. uh, 790 Adventure R, Husqvarna 701 Enduro, BMW's F800 GS Adventure. Um, <clears throat> how do you think he ranked in this uh, race? So top about five. the rider. Top 10, top five. First in class. This oh, wow. The What's six, the class? 601 to 950 cc. Oh, wow. All Holy those shit. bikes I just listed. Wow. Oh, this is a 750cc adventure scooter by Honda. 
That's TK. insane. First in his class, seventh overall. Wow. Wow, dude. And this is a legit race, y'all. So it's proven that that <clears throat> platform is, I guess, proven for that particular race or that <clears throat> style mm-hmm. of riding. Seems like it. 7,000 kilometers and 14 stages. Wow. Shit. This is not, let's do a couple laps in the dirt. That's serious. That's serious riding. Oh, it's got uh, selectable torque control, uh, um, on-off road modes. It's this is a legit bike. I want this. This of is the scooter do. version <laughs> of my Africa Twin. Or is your Africa Twin the, the motorcycle version of that scooter? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing. Would you would you own that bagel, or is that an atrocity to you? Uh, I don't know. It's not my kind of bike, but I'd, I'd ride it and see what it's like. Um, it's also not a very step through design, though. It's it's kind of like a. a a little lower hump in between the it's seat a and the it's seat. a not taco design yeah yeah true what do you think of that yeah. Emma? that's a scooter it won the race man oh i think oh i think it, oh, hold on now turn me on bagel oh i think that's absolutely splendid yeah there that really go. is I like I like it very much. It's going to be go. perfect when you're old and infirm and drooling down your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, there. We can ride into old age. And that'll be affordable by the time I'm 80. <laughs> All right. So, um, hey, I have another shop and event recommendation. And this is from Ooh. Rick DeBellis. Yo, Misfits. Hey, Rick. Rick from yeah. Oregon. Uh, <laughs> he says, first off, whoever was involved in the beach dicking in California, knock, was that you? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you remember what I'm talking Did you see that? The, the beach uh, dicking? Yeah. Um, oh, thousands of dick-shaped sea creatures oh, washed yes. up on a beach in California. Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah, worms. The, the two, two worms or whatever they are. <laughs> I know. Uh, so he wants to give a shout-out to local shops and some events. Uh, shops. Independent Motorcycle Repair in Philomath. Is it Philomath or Philomath? Ph- Philomath. Philomath. Philomath, Oregon. Jonas Beautiful is area. the man. He is a very cool German dude who does great work on all kinds of bikes. Also, Mr. Ed's Moto Custom Seats. Don Weber and Ryan uh, do great work building custom seats. He's had them uh, build seats for his Concourse C10, his Husky SM610, Mm. and his BMW GS1200 Rally. even sent a picture there. Nice. Um, Then he continues on because we haven't gotten to the events. Mm. Um, Let's see. Uh, (laughs) The last shout-out is for Premier Moto Gear uh, at the corner of Queen and Ferry in Albany, Oregon. Debbie and Mike will take care of you and get you into the right gear and accessories. So, events. He recommends Sound Riders Rally in the Gorge. Have you guys heard of this? Never heard of that. Uh, based out of the Hood River County Fairgrounds, it's a rider's rally. Hmm. Um, so Sound Riders, an online magazine based out of Seattle. I believe they also have a podcast. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, they rent out the Hood River County, Oregon Fairgrounds Wednesday through Sunday of August each year and provide a place that you can camp. And uh, they have a lot of amazing roads to go ride. They have workshops, um, riding, and they cater to all kinds of bikes, sport bikes, sport tour, dual sport. Um, in fact, I think I looked this one up. It's like three different rallies in one. Oh, Huh. <clears throat> yeah, That's so awesome. they're catering specifically to all of these different types. Um, and it's just a amazing riding. He said it's about three to 500 people. Uh, hmm. He says, it's a pretty tame rally, about three to 500 people, but my fellow assholes and I work hard to make sure we have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
And then also he wants to give a shout out to Team Oregon Advanced Rider Training. Advanced cornering and emergency braking training on a go-kart track. Oh, good. Good. Rider training, always good. The best training for your money. And he says, looks forward to seeing the Misfits at the One Show. Yeah, and I actually have secured us some press passes. Yay. How much did you get? Five. Nice. None for you. (laughs) All right. I'll sit outside. Yeah. Um, So we have, um, as far as I am aware right now, myself, Jim, Bagel, Mike Miranda, and Nock will be going. So so we'll come up with some games to play with you guys, but it's always going to be great just visiting with you all. And we might bring some popcorn with us. That popcorn's gonna be gone by then. <laughs> <laughs> honey sriracha flavor from what's poppin' what? Texas? Oh man, yeah, honey sriracha. Oh, wow. Oh, you I'm better you better the, hand that over, Nark. I'm yeah. going for the beer cheddar. Wow. Did you read yours yet? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this one is a local shop shout out from John Adams. You want to shout out to Vaughn? Is that John Quincy Adams? No, no just John Adams. I can't tell <laughs> what his middle name is. John, we need to know your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> right. He wants to give a shout out to Bond Performance Cycle in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, Bond. He, yes. He yes, Bond wrote to us uh, a couple of years ago about taking ownership of his dad's 77CB400F. Mm. Oh, that's such a good yeah. bike. Last year, uh, he was finally able to get it home and over the winter he got it running after you know geez 25 years have been sitting right uh after riding the bike for a couple of months it was still running rough because the carbs were out of sync yeah. and he needed a new rear tire of course and small surprise his fork seals had gone bad oh what a surprise you know what i say about yeah. those 25 year old tires so he said <laughs> i'm no mechanic so he reached out to a family-owned business uh looks like they're 30 years old for help that's bond performance cycle of peoria illinois uh they all seemed very excited to see the bike and work on it see that's nice when a shop is actually eager to right. see an old bike how often do they say oh no it's no over 10 years old we don't want to touch that right. yeah uh so they they replaced the fork seal synced and tuned the carbs which emma you know that's not always an easy thing to do no, no. i bet the carburetors yes. on that bike were interesting yep. mm. got the tire and inner tube and the rim taped up all that good stuff uh and all this work for, now get this and this is why we need to have bond performance cycle move out to california his final bill was under 500 dollars wow. isn't that wild Yes. So Johnny says he looks forward to having the bike back again so he can ride it once more. See, that's a true that's a true honest mechanic there. He says, please bring your bike back. I want to ride it again. Uh, so these guys definitely gave him some love, and uh, they definitely take pride in what they're doing. So good shout-out for a nice shop. The, uh, Bond Performance. Cycle their name is <laughs> Bond. Bond. <laughs> Performance Bond. Yes. Uh, please feel free to open up uh, another shop in the San Francisco Bay Area. Please do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right, Nock, you got one there? Yeah, I got one from uh, our friend uh, Scott Lindroth from Durham, Scott? North Carolina. Come on, you got this. You got this. North Carolina. I can't Let's do go. North Carolina. You can do I North can't, Carolina. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Hello, Misfits. A couple of years ago when I was just starting to ride. See, it immediately changes into some other weird Just pretend actors. you're sipping your sweet tea out on your sweet porch tea. on um, the rocker and shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> knock. There's, there's no kangaroos out in the south. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mangled a socket in my aluminum crankcase cap in my Suzuki TU250X with a poor-fitting hex driver. Uh-oh. I needed to get the cap off for valve adjustment. Had removed it many times before, but I think the mechanic at the dealership torqued it down with an impact driver when I took the bike in for scheduled maintenance. I didn't want to go back to that dealership, so a friend recommended 
Bombers Beamer in Durham, North Carolina. That's B-O-M-B-A-R-S. Bombers Beamer in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, two guys told me that their boss wanted them <coughs> working only on BMWs, but after making sure he wasn't around, one guy said, let me see what I can do. I uh, was gratified to hear that he had as much trouble taking off the cap as much as he had, uh, and he said that he had a spare cap, so the tech took a chisel and just basically chipped it off, huh? Mm-hmm. That's yep. the way to do it. Yep, that, so that, that, that's, that did the trick. Uh, offered, I offered him to pay for the time, but they refused to take my money. These were two guys happy to help out on a slow day. So, yeah, Bombers Beamers in Durham, North Carolina. Cool. Uh, thanks for that letter, Scott. Appreciate it. Yeah, look, uh, check those guys up, I guess. And um, I have another shop recommendation. Do you? Yes. Would it be in Seaside? Yes, Seaside Superbikes. Yes, hey, hey. Seaside Superbikes for all your superbike needs. And why should you go there? Because I work there. That's why. Wow. <laughs> well, do you work on old bikes? work on everything do you work on new bikes we work on everything emma will doodle your bike do you work on (laughs) mini bikes we work on everything how about scooters we work on everything the only thing that we can't work on and it's just because we can't get the parts for it is chinesium bikes Uh um but right now on my bench is um currently on my bench actually is a vespa and then I will be dovetailing into an R1, which I will be dovetailing after. Oh, is that not a nice taste, Liza? No, it's, I don't like sriracha. Oh, I've got <laughs> oh, a handful hot. of honey sriracha. Um, I've R1, Harleys, scooters, mini bikes. How about California Scooter Company? Are those Chinese? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably can't get the parts then. I'd have a go. I'm just saying. Yeah. What about a quad? Pass all these back. Oh, yeah, we work on quads. What about a golf cart? Primarily electric drive. We could probably figure out how to fix it. What about an Energica? Oh, yes. What about a Can-Am? Oh, yes. Hmm. I like Can-Am. What about, what about a 12-volt winch? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Mm. Well, that, to be fair, that didn't actually happen at Seaside Superbike. <laughs> Thankfully. That happened, that happened at the Vesa Ranch. But, yeah, it was quite spectacular. So what, tell us what happened, because there was a video that went around with us. I... Do you I, think we should post it on the Misfits website? Well, I didn't take it, nor was I there, so I don't have permission to. Maybe. Well, as I it's am... It's pretty damn funny. As I am the star, I give you permission to actually post it on the Misfits website, <laughs> and I think Brandon would be okay with that. So, um, we are constructing mobile charging stations for the city of Paris. Um, to, to Hold the fuck up! <laughs> You're constructing mobile charging stations for the city of Paris. Yes. Paris, France. Oui. Um, wow. And, you know, just to cut a long story short. Okay, who's we? Um, that is Electric Cowboy <coughs> Racing, also known as Digital <coughs> Charging. Um, so Brandon, Morgan. Yeah, exactly. Callum, the, the, the better people in Callum. And so um, we're all working on these things. And... Um, Basically, it's a, it's a box with a lot of stuff in the box, but part of the design incorporated a winch. And we only have a few voltages to choose from, 
and we have 110 volts to choose from or th and that's ac we have 300 volts dc to choose from so we were trying to find a winch that would work on either 110 volts ac or 300 volts dc or 100 <laughs> volts dc mm -hmm. <laughs> and um we were interested to see what would happen if we put 300 volts through a 12 volt winch <laughs> oh hold on the problem your problem is you had options is there anyone in the room who hasn't seen the video yet? Henry, have you not? Nope. All right, Henry Cat, what do you think happens when you put 300 volts through a 12-volt winch? Um, I'm anticipating some smoke and fire of some sort. A lot of angry pixies. At least 10,000 RPMs. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. It goes God. really fast, okay? I'm, ju <laughs> I'm just eating the honey to write your popcorn. It is revolting. So I will say, Henry, you're, you're close. Something went really fast. Hmm. It wasn't the winch. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> Pook him out. <laughs> Little bit of poo come out. That's right. All right. right. <laughs> So, Emma, in this video, you've got this, all these batteries, array of batteries. Yeah, and you've so got this, those are zero batteries. Mm -hmm. And you've got a 12-volt <laughs> winch, and you have a remote starter. And I, I suspected, <coughs> in the back of my mind, I suspected that there was going to be a problem. <laughs> this might not be the best idea. So, <laughs> so I did actually take a couple of steps back. Good thing. And I was holding the remote control for the winch which is spool out, spool in. And I was giving a running commentary, and I was saying, well, this is the test of the twelve of the 100-volt winch, and Brandon's pipes up, no, it's a 12-volt winch. Hold on, hold on. You don't have to paraphrase. Oh, there we go. Rated, I believe, at 100 volts. No, I think this is a 12-volt DC winch. You think so? That we're about to run off of 300 volts. So. <laughs> and that was pretty much that wow so that thing like curled up like nobody's business huh? well there was there were two um 50 amp circuit breakers which oh were actually God. in the lead yeah. and they were wired in parallel and the first explosion <laughs> was the first 50 amp circuit breaker literally vaporized and <laughs> dug a hole in the concrete. <laughs> nice. And then just as Brandon says, and I can remind you, we have got no way of turning off the current, the second circuit breaker lets go. No, I think this is a 12-volt DC winch. You think so? That we're about to run off. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, shit. Pause for editing. <laughs> I know. It's because I'm tilting the screen and it cuts it off. Here we go. Uh, this is the... Here we go. Yeah, we go. This is the test of the DC winch, uh, which is... It's it's at the end that's the best part. Rated, I believe, at 100 volts. <coughs> no, I think this is a 12-volt DC winch. You think so? That we're about to run off of 300 volts. <laughs> oh my god wait that's not i don't want to sit it, it did sound like it spun up really fast um so describe a, what happened was it like looking at the sun it was like it, my life no my life flashed before me all at once i was a child in my mother's arms again and then everything went dark um, <laughs> so you spent a lot of your life out of your skull is what you're saying yeah basically <laughs> Um, it was it it was a big explosion. Wow. Um, 
<laughs> and you said it burned a hole in the concrete? Oh, yeah. No, it 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 wasn't just a fizz. It was actually an explosion. You mean, a, you mean plasma. Like, and plasma as shit. It was a, it, you know, it was a plasma ball. Wow. Yeah. And as the force of the explosion came out of the top of the circuit breaker... And the, the force of the poo came the, out of your rectum. Yes. The force of the, the explosion coming up the top forced the circuit breaker into the concrete and dug a divot. And then there was a black... Oh, this was a very energetic experience. It was energetic. Mm -hmm. And then, as Liza quite rightly pointed out, it was only matched by the force of my own bowel just exploding. And and you hear a scream, but what you can just see in the corner of the screen, you can just see these feet turn around and book it. (laughs) And she screamed, <laughs> I think that is the correct and appropriate response. I'm amazed you had that much coordination with that many volts running through you. So. Uh, rapid you, thermal event. Yeah, you you left almost as fast as those electrons did. Well, you know the trouble is when you're dealing with DC, DC is far more dangerous than AC because oh, yeah. AC lets go, DC doesn't. Yeah. Um, and generally, if you're going to kill yourself with elastic trickery, it's going to be DC that'll mm-hmm. kill you. All right, just one more. One more. <laughs> Hold on, for everyone across on the other side. It's just not going to get old, is it? No, I think this is a 12 volt DC winch. You think so? That we're about to run off of three. This is indoors. Volts. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, like I said, there is a video. Um, I think we should post it. And yeah. I don't want to mention it over the air, but you'll see it on the video. There is an expletive after the yell yeah, <laughs> as well. Um, Naturally, yeah. It's at, it scared the crap out of me. Don't do it, you know. <laughs> so and no, it was not indoors. It was actually at the Better Ranch. Yeah, so the oh, Better mm-hmm. Ranch. Oh, good. Um, where big things are happening mm-hmm. and holes are being developed. <laughs> Plasma balls are being well, liberated. Not. 10 feet from that incident was the burnt out wreckage of Brandon's own brand of electric motorcycle, which went up in flames. But the really amazing thing that came out of this is that she qualified for the 2020 Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the thing is about me, Nock, I can move really, really fast. But I wonder, you don't actually see me move fast that often. It's like, a, it's like an alligator. Like a, Exactly. I conserve my energy. So when I need to move fast, I can move really, really fast. Oh my God. Can we post the video? Oh, please. I'll, I'll have to post both of them. You have to see both angles. <clears throat> it is quite funny. Um, but yeah, keep us up with the things that are happening over there. The veteran. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my word. Oh but my word. The, Wear your safety gloves. Yeah, always. <laughs> safety last. <laughs> so um, the, these are very, very nice products. So the end product is a fantastic cool. machine. So um I think we're wrapping up real quick. Knock, what are you holding? I think that belongs to Henry. What exactly is yeah. that? This is the artist formerly known as a stater. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, what did you and my do? My magnet. <clears throat> It's it's now named Char. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It's, it's still heavy. heavy. Even with all the missing metal, it's still heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm so holding what? in my hands is my is the magnet that was on my Motoguzzi V11. So in all of my excitement, I didn't torque down all of the bolts. There's Ooh, the lesson boy. of my uh, V11. Don't get One excited. One of them happened <laughs> to be the bolt holding the oh, being the nut that holds my. Uh, 
magnet yeah. to my crankcase and yeah. that got a little loose and it set itself <coughs> up into quite a nice little fire Ooh. on the inside of my uh, good seat. Now, did you actually have fire coming out, or did you just have an, an interesting smell? I think fire may have been coming out. There was a lot of black smoke when I finally pulled off to the side <laughs> of the Jeez. You, yeah. let it, you let out the magic smoke. Henry's always finding new ways to total about. Are you a wizard? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Wow. Hey, um, guys, I just wanted to do a quick reflection because this week the the holidays begin. Yeah. I mean, it's already uh, Hanukkah mm-hmm. out there, and we have Boxing Day coming up and mm-hmm. Christmas. <laughs> Boxing and Day. Just, just had all solstice. the things. No solstice right mm-hmm. now. Festivus. Solstice, yeah. Kwanzaa. Yeah, all um, the things. The airing of the grievances mm-hmm. and New Year's. <laughs> <coughs> and um, actually, oh, I shouldn't say anything, but I think Jim and I are looking at maybe doing an adventure ride on New Year's Day. Oh, you should do it. Oh, yeah. That should be fun. Mm. We can do it, man. Uh, yeah, we want to take the twins out, put them to the test. <laughs> um, take the twins out. Mm-hmm. That's a really good. Can, can, I, <laughs> can, I, can I follow you on my scooter? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you get the Honda Adventure scooter. <laughs> right. But you know, it is. It's Christmas in three days. Mm. Wow. Oh shit! I got to wrap shit. I got to wrap shit. I got to buy shit. Oh, so, um, and I don't no, have I to think... do any of that. <laughs> Why? Because you're Wiccan. Hmm. Huh? No, I don't have any family. Oh. You don't have anyone you love? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding off on that one. <laughs> I say. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I got a Christmas present. <laughs> oh, you, you'll get your Sunday dinner out of that one. Thank you, Bettina. I think the best one, though, is the... <laughs> There's a bit of liquid on that one. I'm just gonna that's grow the, up. That's the one that you shouldn't attract. Actually, him. yeah, that was a, a trustworthy fart. Knock. Did they ask to uh, to tape you when they did this one? <laughs> <laughs> it's the cough fart. The cough fart. A coughing. Cough, listen. <laughs> you know, oh, I could be wrong. Out of both ends. You know what I'm I could be wrong, but I think I think Knock runs at a slightly higher compression. This is right. <laughs> so yeah. nobody can accuse us of being juvenile. Not at all. <laughs> but up. that's a way of saying, "Hey, happy holidays to everyone." Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, thank you for continuing to listen to us and support us. Especially through 2019. Yeah. And especially to our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> Thank you very much. Best people ever. Thank you. Exactly. And I love every single one of you. Yeah, uh, Nate, who won uh, last week, he came by. He's a local. He came by and got right. his, his prize pack. And he was really pleased. He's like, oh, you put a lot of good stuff in here. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, you know, these prize packages we give out are not hokey at all. I mean, it's good stuff. The the Oxford stuff alone is worth a lot of dough. So you know what was included in that, cat? What? One of your oh, escapes you. uh, the wipes. You said one oh, yeah. side is no, for. We we specifically made the uh, the the helmet visor wipes. So mm-hmm. one side is for your helmet, and the other the other side is, is the white side is for your glasses, and and the the black side is is for your helmet. Nice. Yes. There you go. No, but I'd remind everybody out there because you because you are a motorcyclist, you are a misfit. And that means that you're not alone. There's an entire yeah. community of misfits just like you all around the world ready to welcome you home. Very good. Aww. Profound words. Yeah. You just took care of your Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I find all, all around the world. There, there are motorcycle riders and it's, they're like your long lost family. 
they're, they're everywhere. And you know, I found that as well, Kat. There's a commonality between all motorbikers. I mean, I've been involved in this industry for so long, and I wouldn't change a minute of it. There you go. Oh, yeah. And I think next week we're going to have a little something to talk about because we're having our Taint Miss Party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taint um, Miss Party and mini bike races. So, do you think there will be injuries? What's so funny about I that? I hope Kat? so. No, because I get it. I, it's, the first time, it's, it's the first time I've heard it, and I totally get it. Yep. Um, <laughs> taint Christmas, Taint New Year's right. is right in between. Yeah, no, I get it. So, um, it's well done. Do you think any of us will be nursing injuries, perhaps? Very highly. Mike said. Yo, why is it women always run through this fence over there? I'm going to take out the soft stuff. I'm going to put plywood there, so they're just going to hit it. (laughs) (laughs) A catcher's mitt, as it were. (laughs) I don't know. That sounds like an opportunity. But between his pit bikes and that Coleman Beast 250cc Beast that Jim's got and the electric and whatever else we come up with, maybe some TTR 125s. Is Jim going to ride it over there? (laughs) (laughs) I think we are going to have stupid fun. Yeah, that's very likely. I think we're going to have stupid fun. You guys are going to start a little bit early in the day so you can see what you're doing? Oh, yeah. This one's going to be easy. (laughs) Oh, my God. Last year, the race with in Jim's backyard, where someone was wearing the pink uh, the uh, gimp mask, mask another yeah. person wearing a dinosaur right. head. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was my favorite. That's uh. when you're like, okay, all right. What this if is- you just were like odd mushrooms having to walk by that, and you're like, what the fuck, dude? What's going on over here? I know. So we're gonna have some fun, and I hope everyone else is uh, finding time to get out and ride. And if if you can't get out and ride, then buy more stuff. That's it. That's the key to happiness. Like, <laughs> buy more stuff. Like snowblowers. Already. <laughs> exactly. I've I've got my my wish list on uh, Rivzilla. I'm working on. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to get some uh, some lights next. Oh yeah. You can, you're on the Farkle mm. Farkle horse, aren't you? No, I'm on the. These are the things that I know I need on my bikes. All right. These are just the things that I have on all the bikes. I have auxiliary lights. I have a phone mount. I have a you know USB. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got saddlebag mounts. These are just all the things. Yeah, sounds reasonable. There you go. So uh, I think we're ready to get out of here. So big, big, um, merry holidays and happy Christmas and all that stuff. Yes, Yule! do it, man. All Yule. of those things. All those things. And to all the people who emailed and said I like the longer episodes better, well, this one's for you. All right. Yeah. Oh. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again to our Patreon subscribers. You guys are special. And hey, Josie the cat has something to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she's licking herself. That's uh, about so it. I think we're ready to get out of here. Go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Find the link to everything. And don't forget to send your emails to recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And look at the video of myself nearly electrocuting, being electrocuted, <laughs> and feel free to tell me what an idiot I am. <laughs> Can't believe it's been a year already. <laughs> it's a year. Damn, man. Been a year since what? Since. Last year. Last year. <laughs> I know, that just flies by. Oh, my God. All right. Thanks again. This is Liza. Vagel. Emma Darling. Cat. Henry. Festivus for the rest of us. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool.